That is wonderful. Well done. And how'd you like the band? Wasn't it cool with their shades and Yeah. Now, let me just get you ready, guys. Uh, daddies, we don't make this big to-do about men and Father's Day. You know, just get here is all we say. And get, and get here and get ready to pay for lunch. Now we do better than that. I want to get into the Word with you, and I want to give you something that the Lord has given for this day. I'm going to ask you to stand and honor the Word, please, and take your scriptures. And let's go to the uh, book of Matthew, the first of the Gospels, and chapter 15 for our time together with our moms and, of course, with the Lord. Matthew chapter 15, I want to read a portion of Scripture from which I will draw today's lesson and ask the Holy Spirit to make it applicable to our lives. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then went Jesus out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus, he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it out to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Can you say amen to the word? Would you, would you pray for me now? May I point your hand in this direction and let's pray for one another that God will use his word to its maximum potential. Father, I thank you now that you are the one who fills us with the Holy Spirit. You are the one who anoints us and you are the one who gives us the boldness and the wisdom that we need. For all of us here, Lord, I pray for special anointing and for your revelation power to come upon our minds and our bodies that we would understand, appreciate, and apply your word. And by your word, we are an overcomer. I thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I choose for a topic today this thought, where joy meets despair. And when you have explored this passage with me, you'll understand the despair of a mother and the joy of her coming to Jesus. I don't suppose that there are any of us here who have not had points of despair or discouragement in our lives. Amen? I don't suppose there are any one of us here that does not know the pain and the hurt of running out of ourselves and not knowing what to do, only to run into God and finding Him to be a very present help in the time of trouble. So we praise God for that opportunity of joy that we have when we intersect with Him. Let me paint this picture for you, and I'll ask the, the women in particular to, to do this sort of self-inventory uh, or imagination. 
Picture this woman's situation with me. Imagine, ladies, you've carried this child in your womb for nine months. Imagine that you have gone through the excruciating pain of childbirth. You've nursed your child. This is your daughter. You fed her. You changed her. You watched her grow. And you were there and watched her when she took her first steps, said her first word or words, and might even played a little peekaboo with her because she's just bonding to you. She's your little girl. You can still remember her first day at school, how pretty she looked in that dress. You remember how you had to help her with her homework and how every day it seemed like she was getting a little bit smarter and, and brighter than the day before. I can well imagine as mothers and daughters would do as they begin to bond that this mother and this daughter who comes to Jesus had a time in their bonding together where they went shopping together. And, and if it was today, they would uh, choose an outfit. They would talk about it matching together. They would choose shoes and they would choose a purse. And they'd just have a mommy-daughter uh, moment in time together creating a memory, if you will. This again was a little girl. Maybe this child had been sick before. Maybe her daughter had a cold at different times as she grew up. Maybe a headache here or there. Even the flu from time to time. But nothing ever like this problem she had before. She was now a child whose mother described her as being severely demon-possessed. I've not seen a child demon-possessed in my experience. I've seen adults. I've seen uh, people, male and female, who were so influenced and possessed by the devil until their normal and regular behavior was nowhere to be found. I would tell you that I suppose that this child was so severely possessed of the devil that she would scream and holler day, all day long and all night crying out for relief. Such was her case. You couldn't put new clothes or any clothes on her because she was so severely possessed of the devil or devils until she'd rip the clothes off of her body trying to cry out in some ways to escape, get these demons to leave her body. No longer is her hair in those nice cornrows and ponytails that you put them in, but now whatever hair she has left, all, all they are, they're pulled out to the root and, and the one that's remaining is sticking up. This child is so demon-possessed and so severely possessed, the mother does not know when or how she can predict this child's behavior for a day, an hour, or a moment. The fact of the matter is the child can't sleep at night even though she wants to. She can't eat. She can't play. She's grievously vexed with a devil. And she has a strange voice coming out of her. I have seen women who were demon-possessed who had masculine, deep voices coming out of them. And they were speaking in all manner of ways in which uh, it was hard to understand what they were saying. Such 
was the case with this child. And then it was her eyes, if you will. There was something about those eyes, a strange look in this daughter's eyes. Eyes that told you when you looked into them that this, this was no ordinary sickness. That this, this was no ordinary problem. This was no ordinary trouble. Friends, I want to tell you something. There are people who say that maybe somebody else is demon-possessed or have the devil. That may be the case. I've seen some people of whom it was said that they were demon-possessed, but they weren't demon-possessed. They were just mean. Yeah, they didn't need to have, to have any devil to help them be mean. They were just mean and, and, and rotten and lousy, and they need to have the devil beat out of them, but, but it wasn't demon possession. You've seen somebody demon-possessed. There is an aura. There is an atmosphere. There is a, if you're not prayed up and full with the Holy Ghost, don't go playing with the devil. Somebody help me preach here. You know, these people are messing with Ouija boards and, and seances. I'm, I'm going to just tell you like it is. And, and calling uh, some witch doctor somewhere. If you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Somebody help me here. I don't know how this child got the devil. It could be that her parents were responsible for this child getting the devil by what they exposed her to. Come on and help me here. I want to tell you, you better not let the devil an inch in your house or he'll take up the whole house. And if your children are playing around with the devil, you have every right as a parent who plays the bill, pays the bills to tell them, you may do what you want to someplace else, but I am your parent, this is my house, and we ain't letting no devil come in our house. Go ahead and praise him if you believe that. Can you imagine the helpless feeling of this mother? I'm losing my little girl is what she thought. And I know that somebody here knows what it is like to be losing someone or something. Someone here knows what it feels like to be losing their little girl or their little boy. There are others because of what life does. You know what it's like to be losing a husband or a wife or a parent. But if you have the love of a mother, then you know that a mother's love is indescribable. It will go miles in search for whatever that child needs that she can find. Can I get an amen? A mother's love will travel late at night on foot if she has to, or in the cold and the rain to search for her baby's medicine or food. And so this is the kind of predicament this mother finds herself in. I'm sure that this mother had been to the doctors and the psychologists and even with all their skills and knowledge, they could not help her daughter. She must have gone to the local priest and he may have sprinkled the holy water on the child and maybe anointed her with oil, but he couldn't help the child either. Maybe in her desperation, the mother might have gone to the witch doctor and the witch doctor probably tried all kinds of weird concoctions, but to no avail. So finally, she's out of money and she's out of options and she's about to give up. And things can be so bad until she might have started thinking, maybe this is just my lot in life to have a child that's demon-possessed. Maybe that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, no, the devil can try to convince you of that. Maybe she's thinking the neighbors are right and my child belongs in an insane asylum because none of the other children want to play with her. None of the adults want to do anything with her. And so maybe that's the way it ought to be. 
And so one day, however, she finds out that there's a man coming to her village and her town. And he was not just any man. Oh, hallelujah. He was no ordinary man. Oh, yes, she'd heard about this man. And Jesus was his name. And delivering helpless, hopeless people was his claim to fame. She somehow heard, hallelujah to Jesus, that he never met a blind person that he didn't open their eyes if they wanted to see. She heard that he never met a dumb person who he did not loosen their tongue and gave them the power to praise God. She heard that this Jesus was the kind of man that never met someone who was lame in their foot or feet whom he did not speak the power of his word and loose them. She heard that he met ten lepers one day and he cleaned every one of them and gave them flesh like the skin of a baby. This is no ordinary man. And I want to tell you something this morning on May 8, 2016. He is no ordinary person. If you need him today, he is powerful. He is mighty. He has all power and all anointing. And you don't have a despair that he can't turn into joy. Oh, hallelujah. So the Bible tells us, according to this account, she became a mom on a mission starting out to find Jesus. Now let me show you some things. Number one, she had to cross some great barriers in order to get the help that her daughter needed. Number one, she was a woman. Number two, she was a Gentile. And number three, she was a Canaanite. Being a woman, she was a second-class citizen. She was therefore inferior to the male counterparts. She had to get over that hump that maybe Jesus won't have anything to do with me because I'm a woman, and not only that, I'm a Gentile woman. I'm not Jewish. And there'll be a lot of people in the crowd where Jesus is going to come and minister. There are going to be Jews and Gentiles, and I'm just going to be another face in the crowd. How am I going to identify myself and my need? That's a barrier she's got to get past. And number three, she was a Canaanite woman. She was a woman whose religion was different from the Jews, whose values were different from the Jews, whose lifestyle was different from the Jews, and she was considered an outcast. And I'm going to tell you something. On your way to get your answers, there are going to be some barriers that the devil are going to throw up to keep you from getting your answers. Say amen, somebody. On your, on your way to get your joy and your peace and your marriage blessed and your mind sound, you're going to find the devil's going to do everything he can to keep you from getting to the Lord. But if you will press on and call on the name of the Lord, he will hear you every time. Here, here's some other barriers. There's the barrier of time. The fact of the matter is, we all wrestle with the barrier of time and oftentimes we spend more time with the secular and the flesh and the world and our trying to solve the problem than we spend time giving it to God. Oftentimes, we spend more time complaining and griping and grumbling and finding fault with our situation than taking ourselves into a prayer closet and saying, God, I'm here and I don't want to leave this place until I break through with you and you show me what I need. 
Amen? I say to you, give God equal time. Say amen, somebody. You give the pills time to work. You give the prescription time to work. Help me out here, somebody. You, you, you give other things time to work. So when you offer a prayer to God, don't go get mad with God if you prayed for five minutes and he hasn't answered the next five minutes. Realize that you are in a warfare. You are in a battle. And you got to keep pressing on, giving God his time. Then, then there's this barrier of culture. Does God really understand the problems I face in the modern world? I mean, Jesus lived and died 2,000 years ago. Does he relate to me? Well, he lived and died 2,000 years ago, but he rose from the dead 2,000 years ago also. And he's alive and well, and he is ever-present. He knows more than you and I know. He is more contemporary. He is more current. He is more present than anything else we know. You know, Christians are often accused of being too weak and needing a crutch. I don't want to have that kind of testimony. Amen, somebody? Our culture says, well, you're a Christian, therefore you need a crutch and you're weak and you got to have something to prop and support you. Well, I've tried our culture and I don't have any answers for my culture but greater despair and agony and, and, and a spirit of hopelessness. Come on and say amen, somebody. But I have also tried the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is... Somebody help me praise the Lord. That the Lord is good. And Jesus has never failed me yet. And then there's pride. Here's another barrier. Pride will keep you from coming to God. Well, what will everybody think? Who cares what they think? Has, has they healed your body? Have they blessed your finances? Can they get you out of the mess you're in? You know, a lot of times we let pride get in our way. Listen, if you've been up in the prayer line over the years 100 times and you ain't got your answer yet, go up 101 times. Thank you, Jesus. It's free for the asking. Don't let your pride get in the way. If you got one prayer cloth and it ain't working, get two. We got enough of them, have two. Uh, yeah. the, the, the point of the matter is, brothers and sisters, if you'll swallow your pride and you'll say, God, I don't care how you do it, I don't know when you're going to do it, but I'm available for you to pour your oil of anointing on me and your joy to fill my heart, and I won't let my pride get in the way. Thank you, Lord. Don't, don't let your pride get in the way. Then, then there's this thing of science. It's a barrier. Science says if you can't see it, feel it, touch it, smell it, it doesn't really exist. And the Word of God says otherwise. The Word of God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith, then, is the substance of the thing you hope for, the evidence of the things you hadn't seen yet. Somebody say amen. And I'm going to tell you something. Having history with God, I'm 59 years old. And there was one time when I lived on the faith of my mother and father and what they believe. But I got old enough now and I married and have two daughters and three grandchildren and the fourth is on the way. Hallelujah. 
uh, and, and, and I've had some life-owned despair moments and places of despondency. And, and I've, I couldn't call on my mama's faith. I couldn't call on my daddy's faith. I couldn't call on my grandparents' faith. There came a time when it was me and God. Oh, but I want to tell you something. My history with God in the years past and how God has come through for me last year and last month and yesterday tells me everything's going to be all right today. Yes. God is always on time. He's an on-time God. And I got faith in the power of God. Yes, he's faithful. Yes, he's faithful. Yeah, I remember laid up in the bed, sick, about to lose my mind. I remember couldn't sleep. I remember the enemy having attacked me. And my wife praying and my daughter's praying and I'm praying. But oh, hallelujah, somebody. I got a hold of God several times. Somebody else got a hold of God for me. And you are looking at living proof of the power of prayer and the faithfulness of God. Yes, and I'm here to make the devil mad and put him out of business. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, deal with, let me, let me tell you something about this mother. She, here's something I admire about her. She crossed the barriers of desperation. When you're living with the devil every day, nobody has to tell you when to get desperate. Yeah. I, I wasn't talking about your marriage. Uh, I'm talking about this mother living with her daughter every day. You know, if you get in the spirit of desperation, nobody has to tell you to pray. Say amen. Listen, if you're in the spirit of desperation, you don't have to worry about trying to find 1-800-PRAYER-TOWER. Or you don't have to find uh, something else going on, uh, the prayer group. It's wonderful to call them out, but oh, in a spirit of desperation. That's what I love about this mother. She was told in the natural that nothing could be done for her child. But mothers that are here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. You know the desperation you have over your child. And so she crossed that barrier, not only desperation, but she crossed the barrier of love. Love for her child. Love made her accept Jesus' silence. Because when she first asked Jesus, he didn't say anything to her. Love kept her asking. Love made her suffer the rebuke of the disciples. You remember? Okay, she asked Jesus to heal her child because the child is severely demon-possessed and Jesus doesn't say a word. And then she, she maybe attempts to ask the disciples, maybe they can get an audience for her with him. And she says, tell her go away. The disciples say, tell her go away. How do you like that about church folks? Huh? You come to church looking for help and they say, sorry, that's my seat. <laughs> sorry. Hey, you know what I heard? I heard a fella got shot in church. And Valerie checked in on the internet. Two Christians, the fella shot the other guy for taking his seat in the sanctuary. Killed the guy. Yeah. Kind of like the disciples did that mother. You might as well, you know. Look, don't be, don't be bringing no guns in the house. I just want you to know that, okay? Guns and snakes are not welcome in this house.
We got you covered. We got your security covered. But can you imagine explaining that to the, the world? You go to church for help and you get shot because you sit in the seat. You know, the, the, my, my, my point is, I don't know what it is. Uh, she, she had vision. She had vision. Look, if you can see it, your, your child has potential. Your marriage has potential. Your, your, your body, your health has potential. You got to have vision. Everybody say vision. Yeah. Amen. You got you to see it. You got to be able to see it with your eyes and, and get a hold of it. Let, let me hasten here. See if I can. She persisted. That's another thing that she, she persisted. And, and in order for her to get what her daughter needed, she did not quit, did not stop at the first rejection. You know, let me, let me show you something. When she asked Jesus... To heal her daughter who's severely demon-possessed. And Jesus doesn't say a word. He gives her the silent treatment. Have you ever in your life been in a place where you got the silent treatment from God? You cannot. I have. I mean, you ask him over and over and you did, but, but he wasn't, he wasn't, this wasn't his timing. This wasn't his protocol for my miracle. A lot of times we get the silent treatment and we think God doesn't care and that's not the case. He's testing us. He's, I said he's testing us. Some of God's greatest work for, for mankind has been in the silence. Case in point is Jesus on the cross when he cried out to the Father, hanging on the cross, breathing his last breath, spilling his last blood, and Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And God doesn't answer. Now what happens is the sky goes dark for three hours, the ground under the cross shakes in an earthquake. There's lightning and thunder and flashing and all kind of manifestation of nature, but no word from God. I'll tell you something. If God responded and aborted the crucifixion, all of our opportunity for salvation would have been lost. Not one of us would be saved if God spoke and stopped the crucifixion. But he allowed it to happen. And then on the third day, he raised up Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now, so, so don't worry if there's silence. Pray on. If you don't hear it from God the first time, believe, trust, surrender. I'm hurrying here. Let me, let me tell you this. Uh, Jesus, when he finally speaks to her, he says to her, it is not meat for me to give the children's bread to the little dogs. <laughs> yeah. I almost titled this message, Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> Called her a dog? Yeah, he did. Now, he didn't mean it in an insulting kind of way, but that's what Gentiles were called and people of otherwise non-Jewish persuasion, outsiders. And he, what he was saying to her, in an effort to be kind, he was saying, I, I am the bread of life. And I have come to minister to the Jewish people. That's why I have come to this world my first time in coming. And therefore my ministry is not to you Gentiles, so it's not me. It's not for me to give you what the, I'm here to give the Jewish people. And here's what she says, and I'm hurrying. She says, oh, Lord, that is so true. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. 
Oh, isn't that amazing? She had such faith that she says, look, if you got any leftover blessings after you give it to all the Jews, if you got just a crow, oh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel crummy. <laughs> if you got leftover blessings, that will be as good as a whole slice of bread. If you got leftover blessing, it'll be as good as me sitting at the table with the Lord. But I don't have to sit at the table. I don't have to have the children's bread. I just want the crumbs. Amen. Put, put up the next couple of things real quickly, if you will. Let me show you this. She, she simply, by, by making no claims, if you have that slide, she made no claims. Come to the music, if you will. She made no claims of Jesus. Don't go out of your way, Jesus, to do anything for me. Just give me the crumbs. Can I get an amen? Just let me ride in the back seat. Oh, my, just hallelujah to Jesus. And the, the, the fact of the matter is she didn't ask for a spot at the table. Here's something else. She didn't want the children's portion. The children being the Jews, the children of God. Because I believe you, Jesus, that you can feed the children and feed me too. And, and number three, if you will, she was willing to accept the place that she had been assigned. There comes a time and place, and I don't want to uh, contradict myself, but there comes a place and time, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, where uh, sometimes we are assigned a certain trial, a certain test, a certain storm. Sometimes God wants us to go through a thing instead of around a thing. Can I get an amen? It's like the three Hebrew boys. They would have rather not gone in the fire at all. They would have rather go around the fiery furnace. But God put them in it and sent them through it. And when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. If you accept your assignment, God will give you a testimony. Yeah. God will give. It's like Daniel. Who would have wanted to go in the lion's den and become lion food? But God delivered him in the lion's den, shutting the mouth of the lions. I'm saying to you, I don't know what despair, a place of despair you may have to be at, but God will not leave you there alone. I said God will not leave you there alone. And, and here, here's three more things very quickly. What did this woman get for all her trouble? She got crumbs of grace. I mean, they say from time to time, I need the grace of God. Yeah, she got crumbs of grace. She got crumbs of deliverance. Oh, let me tell you, Jesus touched her little girl. It said from that very hour, that little girl put on her little coat she had on, a little gown, straightened up her little hair, wiped up her mouth, got her little sandals together, sandals together, dust off her legs. And held the mommy's hand because immediately upon her mother saying what she did, Jesus healed that child. And then she got crumbs of honor. Let's stand all over the house and here's what I'd like. I want every mother to come and stand in the altar. I want to pray for you and with you. All the mothers, all the moms, come in Jesus' name. Come for a blessing. I want you to get a blessing. Oh, this is beautiful. Keep coming. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Come, moms. Come in. And, yeah, come on and line up all across the front. Is there a way you could bring the lights up more on the corners and sides in the altar? Thank you. Oh, ladies, what a gift from God. You are a gift of God. A lot of potential here. A lot of answered prayers on the way. Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, blessed be Lord. Mm. God knows what's upon your heart. He knows what's on your mind. He knows what you're praying about. He has a table set for you. Can I get an amen? You ladies can pull up to the table of the Lord because you are his child and you don't have to wait for the crumbs. He'll give you the bread of life. Brian, let me go to this microphone, please, sir. You know, ladies, they do things together. They go shopping together, groups. They go out to the restaurant together, groups. They go to the bathroom together. I can just see me saying one of my guy friends, you know, you want to, uh, but whatever they, whatever they, uh, whatever they do, they do it together. Join hands, ladies, would you? Spirit of togetherness. I want to pray over you, the authority of the Holy Ghost. In the house, fathers, brothers, men, ladies, others, stretch your hands out to the front, if you will. Pray for these precious ladies. Father, what an honor it is to pray over these precious ladies, these moms. God, every one of them have a story or two or three based on the number of children they have and life experiences. And God, I just want to bless them this morning. You want to bless them, God. I pray that you would bless them with a sound mind. For you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The enemy would scare them about a lot of things, about their children or grandchildren or life. Give them, God, the assurance of your anointing. I want to pray, oh God, that you bless their going out and their coming in. They're laying down and they're rising up. I pray, God, that whatever their hands touch, it will prosper in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you would fill them every day with the Holy Spirit of God. A little bit more than the day before. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in them richly, God. I pray, oh God, that we rebuke the devourer for their sake, God. Father, we pray that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Amen. Oh God, I, I just rebuke the enemy that rises up in their life. I pray for their bodies to be well, oh God. They may be needing a physical touch. I pray for their bodies to be healed or those they represent for the glory of God. Heal them, Lord. I pray you'll give them a song in the night. Father, I pray that you, to, you just protect them, oh Lord, and Bless their children and the grandchildren and spouse. Fill them, oh God, with the fullness of God. Let this be a glorious Mother's Day. Oh God, I thank you that you're renewing their minds in everything. 
I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, while you still have each other's hands, would you take a minute and pray for one another now? Just the hand that you hold, you represent someone that is dear and precious. Pray over them. Oh, God, bless these ladies. Flow like an electrical current from hand to hand. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Go ahead, go ahead. Lord, I, Lord, I just pray an anointing upon them. Thank you, Jesus. A release of the power of God on every woman here, Lord. Every lady. Bless their daughters. Bless their sons. Bless their... Oh, God, fill them. Hallelujah. Now, ladies, you can lift your hands to the Lord here in the altar and just give Him praise. Clap your hands. Go ahead and enjoy. He has touched you. Thank you, Jesus. Draw me close to you. Stay right here for a moment, ladies, and let's just sing this as a prayer. Sing it as a prayer. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say. Nothing else could take your place. Thank you, Jesus. To feel the warmth of your grace. Help me find the way. Help me find the way. Lord, bring me back, back to you. Say it with us. Yes, come on. I like this. other a hug and God bless you Mother's Day greeting as you go you dismiss in the house have a great day everyone <laughs>